0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Well, thank you for joining for our Wednesday evening Bible study tonight. We are going to be studying once again in the book of Philippians chapter 3 and also if you would turn your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter number 4. So the book of Philippians chapter 3 and the book of Romans chapter number 4, and uh, I want to consider this evening, this thought, how to make life add up. How to make life add up. Um, The key word in Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 through 11 is count, is count. Look at verses, chapter 3 of Philippians, verses 7 and 8. Paul says, but what things were gain to me, I counted those. I counted those loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things, but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. Uh, And so, how to make life add up. Did you know this evening that God is a God of mathematics? Uh, I like what the Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 12. IT SAYS, HE MEASURED THE WATERS IN THE HOLLOW OF HIS HAND. SO HE'S MEASURING THE WATERS. HE meted OUT THE HEAVEN WITH THE SPAN AND COMPREHENDED THE DUST OF THE EARTH IN A MEASURE AND WEIGHED THE MOUNTAINS IN SCALES AND HILLS IN A BALANCE. SO GOD IS A GOD OF MATHEMATICS. AND uh, IF ME TALKING ABOUT MATH TONIGHT MAKES YOU WANT TO TURN OR KEEP SCROLLING, JUST PAUSE JUST A MINUTE, BECAUSE I'M TELLING YOU, IF YOU GET A HOLD OF GOD'S MATH, YOU'RE GOING TO LIKE IT, AMEN? BECAUSE GOD WANTS TO MULTIPLY AND BLESS YOU. AND WITHOUT GETTING AHEAD OF MYSELF, uh, WE'LL SEE MORE ABOUT THAT IN A MOMENT. BUT MAKING LIFE ADD UP. ABRAHAM LEARNED GOD'S MATH. A HUNDRED-YEAR-OLD MAN PLUS A 90 year old WOMAN EQUALS A GREAT NATION THAT can ONLY BE NUMBERED BY THE SANDS OF THE EARTH AND THE STARS OF THE SKY. GIDEON LEARNED GOD'S MATH WHEN HE, WHENEVER HE FOUND OUT THAT AN ARMY OF 32,000 MINUS 31,700 EQUALS 300. THEN 300 PLUS GOD EQUALS A VICTORY OVER THE MIDIANITES. THAT'S GOD'S MATH, FOLKS. THE DISCIPLES LEARNED MULTIPLICATION WHEN THEY FOUND OUT THAT JESUS PLUS FIVE LOAVES AND TWO FISHES COULD FEED THOUSANDS OF PEOPLE. And, AND WITH LEFTOVERS, BY THE WAY. Uh, SOMETIMES GOD DOESN'T ADD UP FROM MAN'S POINT OF VIEW. AND IN ORDER FOR YOUR MATH TO COME OUT RIGHT, YOU MUST FIRST PUT AN INFINITE GOD WITH LIMITLESS POWER INTO THE EQUATION. AND WHEN YOU PUT GOD INTO THE EQUATION, I'M TELLING YOU THERE'S SOME GREAT THINGS POSSIBLE THAT THE LORD DOES. Um, BUT without, WITHOUT GOD, THINGS WON'T ADD UP. BUT IF YOU GET, get GOD INTO THE EQUATION, things will start to add up. Some of you might be wondering about, uh, having questions about the meaning of life. I promise you, if you're figuring without God, it's not going to add up. But when you put God into the equation, man, you're going to find the solution. You're going to find the answer with the Lord. I remember helping our kids with math during homeschool. Uh, They would be working on multiplying, perhaps large numbers, or doing long division. Now, I could take one look at, their answer to see whether or not they had it right or wrong. You know how? I had a book. (laughs) I had the key. I had the answers right there. And so I could see whether or not it was correct. So I might ask them, are you sure that's right? I'm trying to get them to think. Uh, You may want to check it again. And you know, a lot of times maybe they just forgot to carry the one or maybe they uh, forgot to uh, reduce a fraction or whatever. AND YOU KNOW IN MATH IT'S AMAZING HOW ONE MISSED STEP CAN, can uh, AFFECT THE ENTIRE PROBLEM. Uh, SEE, A LOT OF PEOPLE TODAY ARE DOING MATH. SEE, PEOPLE ARE ADDING, THEY'RE SUBTRACTING, MULTIPLYING AND DIVIDING. The, THE BIGGEST MISTAKE THAT PEOPLE ARE MAKING IS THAT PEOPLE ARE DIVIDING THEMSELVES FROM GOD. THEY'VE BEEN DOING THAT IN THIS COUNTRY FOR YEARS. AND WHEN PEOPLE BEGIN TO DIVIDE THEMSELVES FROM GOD, THEY'RE MISSING SOMETHING. SO WHAT DO THEY DO? ALL OF A SUDDEN THEY'LL START TRYING TO ADD THINGS TO THEIR LIVES TO MAKE UP FOR GOD, BUT WHAT THEY FIND OUT IS NO MATTER HOW MUCH YOU KEEP ADDING, you GOD KEEPS SUBTRACTING THAT. BECAUSE GOD DOESN'T WANT YOU DIVIDING, AND HE DOESN'T WANT YOU merely ADDING OR SUBTRACTING. WHAT HE WANTS TO DO IS MULTIPLY IN YOUR LIFE. THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE uh, DOING MATH But the question is, are you getting the right answer? Are things adding up? All right. So God has given us a book to go by. He's given us a standard so we can look at our lives. Is it coming out right? What's the answer? What's the solution? And we may be missing a step along the way. We we may be missing the most important step of all, and that's knowing Christ as Savior. Or as God's people Maybe we are missing, making sure that we are trusting Him with all our hearts and leaning not to our own understanding. So there's a standard, there's a key that God's given us. There's a book that God has given us to make sure we can look at the solution. We can look at how things were turning out in our lives and we can go to the Word of God and say, okay, is this right or is this wrong? And it does matter whether or not we get it right or wrong. See, basic math is pretty cut and dry. It's not a case of a child coming up with two plus two equals seven, all right? Then asking the child, well, is that right to you? You know, I've heard that there's some folks that do that these days. Is that answer correct to you? And then the child says, yes. And then you say, good job, pat them on the back and say, well, I'm glad you got it right. But folks, that's not right. (laughs) You know, I mean, it matters. The reason it matters, listen, the the correct answer matters. Why? Because we need to know the answer. We need to make sure that our lives are right. (laughs) We need to make sure that they're correct. We don't just need to lean to our own understanding. We need to make sure that our lives are right with God. So Paul, throughout the New Testament and throughout the whole Bible for that matter, there's a lot of counting going on. One of the most common words that's used for count is logizomai, uh, logizomai, logizomai. That, that comes from the, the Greek word logos, and it means to take an inventory. It means to estimate. Our English term logic comes from this word. And we find the word logizomai uh, at least 40 times in the New Testament. It refers to facts and not suppositions. So counting, and it's, it's used as counting, reckoning, and several other words like that. See, Christianity, I want to say this, Christianity is logical and factual. And these spiritual computations are very key in these verses that lay before us. So without any further delay, let's look into Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 4. THE BIBLE SAYS THOUGH I MIGHT COUNT ALSO, THOUGH I MIGHT ALSO HAVE CONFIDENCE IN THE FLESH, IF ANY OTHER MAN THINKETH THAT HE HATH WHEREOF HE MIGHT TRUST IN THE FLESH, I MORE, circumcised THE EIGHTH DAY OF THE STOCK OF ISRAEL, OF THE TRIBE OF BENJAMIN, AND HEBREW OF THE HEBREWS, AS TOUCHING THE LAW, A PHARISEE, CONCERNING ZEAL, PERSECUTING THE CHURCH, TOUCHING THE RIGHTEOUSNESS WHICH IS IN THE LAW, BLAMELESS. So what Paul's describing his life before he met Christ, but you're going to find out that he's going to, that he was making, he was doing some math in his past life that wasn't coming out just right because he wasn't right. But then in a little bit, we're going to see how God changes the equation. See, these spiritual computations matter, number one, in salvation, 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 See, like most religious people today, Paul had enough morality to keep him out of trouble, but he did not have enough righteousness to keep him or put him in a right relationship with God or to get him to heaven. See, uh, it it, it, it wasn't bad things when you look at the, the life of the Apostle Paul. It wasn't bad things that Paul kept Paul from Jesus. It was good things as far as the world is concerned. He, but listen, he had to lose his religion in order to find salvation. And, uh, you know, there, there used to be a saying years ago, people talk about, well, I think I'm going to lose my religion. And i tell you today, there's a lot of people that need to lose their religion, amen, in the sense of lose religion so you can get salvation. And that's what Paul did. One day, Paul of Tarsus, the rabbi, the Pharisee, met Jesus Christ. THE SON OF GOD. AND ON THAT DAY, PAUL'S VALUES CHANGED. WHEN SAUL OPENED HIS BOOKS TO EVALUATE HIS WEALTH, HE DISCOVERED THAT APART FROM JESUS CHRIST, EVERYTHING HE LIVED FOR WAS ONLY REFUSE. HE SAID DUNG. HE EXPLAINS IN THIS SECTION THAT THERE ARE ONLY TWO KINDS OF RIGHTEOUSNESS. There is self-righteousness, and there's God's righteousness. And only God's righteousness will get you square with the Lord. Only God's righteousness can get you to heaven. But he talks about self-righteousness. Number one, he says, as touching the law of Pharisee. To the Jews of Paul's day, a Pharisee had reached the very summit of religious experience. The highest ideal a Jew could ever hope to attain He held to orthodox doctrine and tried to fulfill all the religious duties faithfully. He even added some. Uh, The Pharisee did, uh, which again isn't pleasing in the eyes of God, but nevertheless, they were trying. Measured by the righteousness of the law, Paul was blameless, which means he was above accusation. You could accuse him, but he lived such a life that he was blameless and he kept the law and the traditions as perfectly as he possibly could. So his self-righteousness, he was a Pharisee. Paul's relationship to the enemies, to Israel's enemies as they viewed it, Paul, not only was he, what he did was kept the, the, the Jewish faith the, the best as he could, also he persecuted the church. He said, and as far as zeal, persecuting the church. He was present in Acts chapter number 7 at the stoning of Stephen. And after that, he led the attack against the church in general. You read in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. But it begs the question, doesn't it? How could a sincere man like Saul, a man that was living, trying to live his life by much of the Old Testament, along with some laws that were added in by man? But regardless, there was a great sincerity with the Apostle Paul. See, he was sincere, and it's just like we said earlier, a child may be sincere when they say two plus two equals seven, but it's still wrong. And we're not doing them any favors by saying, that's correct. You know, you did great, you get a 100, (laughs) amen, you get an A, all right? We're doing them a favor by saying, no, no, here, and showing them and explaining them how this can be made right. See, Paul was sincere in his religion like so many other people are, but he was sincerely wrong in his religion. See, Paul, Saul of Tarsus, before he was saved, he was looking at the outside, not the inside. He was comparing himself with standards that were set by men and not by God. As far as outwardly obeying the demands of the law, Paul was a success, but he did it, he did not stop to consider the inward sins that he was committing. In other words, he was leaving some things out of his. Factoring as he did the math, he was just looking at the standards and the laws that are set by men. He just compared himself to other people and said, "Well, I'm better than those people are." And and then he came out that must equal that I'm righteous, I'm good. But he fell to with some very he forgot to put some very important numbers in there, so to speak. And that is his sinfulness. Amen. And the Bible just just like Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount, he is addressing the sins of the heart. BECAUSE AT THE HEART OF EVERY SIN IS A PROBLEM WITH THE HEART, BECAUSE THAT'S WHERE SIN ORIGINATES. IT'S NOT ONLY ABOUT WHAT WE DO, IT'S ABOUT WHAT'S ON THE INSIDE, AND WE CAN'T DO ANYTHING ABOUT THAT, BUT HALLELUJAH, GOD CAN, AMEN? WE BRING HIM INTO THE EQUATION, AND THAT'S WHERE HIS RIGHTEOUSNESS COMES IN, COMES INTO PLAY. See, one day, Paul brought something else into the equation, brought someone else into the equation. He brought Jesus Christ into the equation. Now, when he was comparing himself to other people, he thought he was doing pretty good. But when he compared himself with Jesus Christ, when he put that, when he factored in Christ, folks, he came out all of a sudden in the negative. He came out realizing that, oh, my goodness, my righteousness, my goodness is not enough. AND AS A RESULT OF THAT, BY GOD'S GRACE, HALLELUJAH, THE WORKING OF THE SPIRIT OF GOD, HE ABANDONED HIS SELF-RIGHTEOUSNESS, HE ABANDONED HIS DEAD RELIGION, AND HALLELUJAH, HE ACCEPTED CHRIST AND WAS SAVED BY THE GRACE OF GOD. I'M GLAD GOD'S STILL DOING THAT, AREN'T YOU? BUT I'M TELLING YOU, THERE'S A LOT OF FRIENDS AND LOVED ONES. THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE THAT I PREACH TO AND TALK TO ON A REGULAR BASIS. They're, THEY'RE AS GOOD AS THE APOSTLE PAUL AS FAR AS the, OUR STANDARDS ARE CONCERNED. GREAT PEOPLE, RELIGIOUS PEOPLE BELIEVE IN GOD, BUT THE ANSWER, THE, the QUESTION IS, ARE YOU DEPENDING ON YOUR RELIGION? ARE YOU DEPENDING ON YOUR GOODNESS? You're, DON'T FORGET TO FACTOR IN YOUR SINFULNESS AND THE FACT THAT YOU'VE SINNED. AND FOLKS, uh, NO MATTER HOW MUCH GOOD YOU DO, IT DOESN'T TAKE AWAY THE FACT THAT WE'VE SINNED. THE ONLY WAY, THE ONLY THING THAT CAN TAKE AWAY OUR SIN IS JESUS CHRIST AND THE BLOOD HE SHED ON THE CROSS. IN VERSES 7-9, through NOTICE WHAT PAUL SAID. SO, PHILIPPIANS 3, VERSE 7, BUT WHAT THINGS WERE GAIN TO ME THOSE I COUNTED LOSS FOR CHRIST? YEA, DOUBTLESS, AND I COUNT ALL THINGS BUT LOSS FOR THE EXCELLENCY OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF CHRIST JESUS MY LORD, FOR WHOM I HAVE SUFFERED THE LOSS OF ALL THINGS, AND DO COUNT THEM BUT DUNG THAT I MAY WIN CHRIST. SO, Paul found that the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the the accounting he did was based on God's key, amen, based on the book, based on the correct answers, and uh, I told you to turn to uh, uh, Romans 4 when I first started uh, just to kind of have that handy. I'm not going to go through all of this, but I just want to show you some key verses, and what I want to encourage you to do there at home is to... Look at these verses with me, and I want you to highlight or mark or circle some words in Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 3, the Bible says, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted. (laughs) It was counted. He believed God by faith, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Highlight that word, counted. I'm not going to go through all these, but I encourage you from between verses 4 all the way down to verse 11, you'll find these words. Again, please mark them. Counted, imputeth, or impute, and reckon. Those are all the same word. They're that word that means to take account, to do the math. Uh, That's what these words mean. And then if you'll pick up with me, that's what this whole chapter is about. But all the way down in verse number 22. The Bible says, and therefore it was imputed unto him. And that goes back, really, uh, what's said before that is what's said in verse number three. Abraham believed God, and so in verse 22, and therefore it was imputed. In other words, God added it, multiplied it, really, to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, but that it was imputed to him. Again, added, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if WE BELIEVE ON HIM THAT RAISED UP JESUS, OUR LORD, FROM THE DEAD, WHO WAS DELIVERED FOR OUR OFFENSES AND WAS RAISED AGAIN FOR OUR JUSTIFICATION. THE WORD THAT MEANS TO ACCOUNT, TO ADD, TO DO THE MATH IS ALSO IN ROMANS 3.28, IF YOU JUST WANT TO LOOK OVER THERE, WHERE THE BIBLE SAYS, THEREFORE WE CONCLUDE, WE CONCLUDE, WE DO THE MATH, WE CONCLUDE THAT A MAN, WE ADD IT ALL UP, AND WE CONCLUDE THAT A MAN IS JUSTIFIED BY FAITH WITHOUT THE DEEDS OF THE LAW. AND SO WE SEE THAT HE LEARNED SOMETHING ABOUT THIS SELF-RIGHTEOUSNESS. SEE, PAUL MET CHRIST ON THE Damascus ROAD, HE TRUSTED HIM, AND RIGHT THEN AND THERE, INSTANTANEOUSLY, THERE WAS A MIRACLE OF GRACE AND SALVATION THAT TOOK PLACE IN HIS HEART. And I'm telling you, that's exactly the kind of miracle that God still does today. It's not about your works. It's not about what you can do. It's not about self-righteousness. It's not about your church, but it's about our Christ, amen? It's about our Lord uh, Jesus. And so uh, he, he understood. He, he did the math. He understood. He realized how futile his good works were and how sinful his claims of righteousness were. What a wonderful transaction that took place, amen? Paul says he lost some things, so he did the math. He says, I've lost some things. He lost his reputation within the Jewish community. There's some people out there, they're not willing to lose their reputation in their church in order to come to Christ. They're not willing to lose their reputation. Well, what would people think? What would people say? Man, your math is all wrong. Your math is all wrong because... You're, you, you need to quit factoring in as much what people say. You need to factor in, number one, your soul. You need to factor in what God says, amen? There's people that will not leave, that will not come to Christ because they're hanging on to their religion. It's ridiculous. Um, but they're, they're just not doing, you're just not doing the math right. Paul lost some things. He lost his standing in the Jewish community. He lost his place. He lost his position. He became a wanted man. He lost his freedom in, in that way because he became a prisoner of Christ. BUT I'M TELLING YOU, HE KEPT ON DOING THE MATH, AND WHAT HE FOUND IS, MAN, WHAT I GAINED IS FAR BETTER. SO, um, so, so THIS, this uh, DIVINE MATH MATTERS IN SALVATION. NUMBER TWO, THIS DIVINE MATH MATTERS IN SERVICE. LOOK WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS HERE. JUST GIVE YOU, you A FEW OF THESE QUICKLY. VERSE 3 OF PHILIPPIANS 3, FOR WE ARE THE CIRCUMCISION WHICH WORSHIP GOD IN THE SPIRIT, and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh." And what he's doing there is he's contrasting those that put faith in their physical circumcision. Uh, he's saying we're the spiritual, tr- we're the true circumcision. And here's what he says. If, if we're factoring, if we're doing the math right, if we're putting our faith in Him, we, are, we, we realize our position in Him. And therefore, in verse number three, what does he say? "...which worship God in the spirit." In other words, WE DON'T DEPEND ON OUR GOOD WORKS WHICH ARE OF THE FLESH. WE DON'T DEPEND ON THAT FOR SALVATION OR FOR OUR SERVICE FOR GOD. YOU SAY, WELL, SHOULDN'T WE DO GOOD WORKS? ABSOLUTELY. BUT THE the POINT IS, AS WE'RE GONNA SEE IN JUST A MOMENT, IT'S GOD DOING HIS WORK THROUGH US. SO, HE WORSHIPS GOD IN THE SPIRIT. NUMBER TWO, WHAT'S IT SAY? Uh, THAT REJOICE IN JESUS CHRIST. IN OTHER WORDS, WE BOAST IN CHRIST. You know, people who depend on religion are usually boasting about what they do or boasting about their church and and what they have done. The true Christian has nothing of which to boast. The Bible says, "...for by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." SO IF YOU'RE BOASTING, YOU'RE PROBABLY DOING THE MATH WRONG, All right, BECAUSE IT'S CHRIST RIGHTEOUSNESS, BECAUSE HE SAYS WE WORSHIP GOD IN THE SPIRIT, WE REJOICE IN JESUS CHRIST, AND IT GOES ON TO SAY THAT WE HAVE NO CONFIDENCE IN THE FLESH, BECAUSE WHEN WE DO THE MATH RIGHT, WE KNOW THAT our, OUR FLESH DOESN'T ADD UP. IT'S NOT ABLE TO DO THAT WHICH IS SPIRITUAL. IT'S NOT ABLE TO DO THAT WHICH PLEASES GOD. NOW, WE SURRENDER OUR BODIES, AND GOD WORKS THROUGH OUR FLESH, BUT WHEN, AS FAR AS THIS FLESH, but when the Bible speaks of the flesh, it's not just talking, it's not talking just simply about skin. What it's referring to is our old nature, our old sinful nature, which we all still have. No confidence in the flesh. So, what did he do? He starts adding, <laughs> he starts doing the math. Look in chapter, uh, verse number eight, chapter three of Philippians, verse eight. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. And we've read that. But what he finds is this he lost his religion, he lost his rep- reputation but he gained far more than he lost. What did he find? uh, What did he add? Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. What did he find? Number one, he found the knowledge of Christ. Amen? The knowledge of Christ. See, salvation is knowing Christ in a personal way. It's not just knowing about him. I had a conversation just a couple weeks ago uh, with a with a young person here in town, and. Uh, it was a brief interaction. I wasn't able to uh, spend as much time with them, but uh, they had talked about how that they are interested in religion and even started uh, going to church some. And I and I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, but make sure that the, that the relationship is there, because she's you know talking about doing better and this and I said, but make sure that there's a relationship. And she says, so, oh no, I got a great relationship with the uh, with the minister. He's a really nice guy, and you know, and the people at the church are great she missed what I was trying to say and missed what I was saying because what I was telling her was this. The relationship isn't with a priest or a pastor. It's with Christ. It's with him. You can know him. And that's what he's saying here. Yes, I lost my reputation. I lost my religion. But praise God, I gained Jesus Christ. Amen. I gained the knowledge of Christ. But not only did he gain the knowledge of Christ, in verse 9, he says, "I, I gained the righteousness of Christ. THE BIBLE SAYS, AND BE FOUND IN HIM, NOT HAVING MINE OWN RIGHTEOUSNESS, WHICH IS OF THE LAW, BUT THAT WHICH IS THROUGH THE FAITH OF CHRIST, THE RIGHTEOUSNESS WHICH IS OF GOD BY FAITH. SEE, WHEN PAUL TRUSTED CHRIST, HE LOST HIS OWN SELF-RIGHTEOUSNESS AND GAINED THE RIGHTEOUSNESS OF CHRIST. AND THAT'S WHAT I'M SAYING AS FAR AS DOING THE MATH. THAT'S WHAT I SAY WHEN I SAY IT'S NOT ABOUT OUR WORKS AND WHAT WE DO. WE OUGHT TO BE SERVING THE LORD AND LIVING RIGHT, BUT THE POINT IS, We do that because of what He's done for us. Uh, We we ought to live the way we live. We ought to live right, do right, not so that we can go to heaven, but because we're going to heaven. I've been given, imputed. Christ's righteousness has been put into my account. You know, we're talking about math here. One of the really, uh, a place that it's really important to know math is when you're doing your finances, is it not? If you're balancing your checkbook, if you're making plans for the future, man, you don't want to mess up with your math when it comes to that. And that's the picture that God gives us because what the Bible says is our sinfulness makes us bankrupt as far as righteousness is concerned. But if we put our faith and trust in Christ, He, he imputes, He puts all of His righteousness into our account. NOT ONLY HIS RIGHTEOUSNESS, THE BIBLE TELLS US IN EPHESIANS, HE PUTS ALL OF THESE RICHES INTO OUR ACCOUNT, JOY, PEACE, AMEN. I MEAN, JUST SO MANY WONDERFUL THINGS IN HIM. SO WE GAIN THE RIGHTEOUSNESS OF CHRIST. NOT ONLY THAT, BUT IN VERSE 10, WE GAIN THE FELLOWSHIP OF CHRIST, THAT I MAY KNOW HIM. NOW THAT KNOW ISN'T JUST THE PERSONAL KNOWLEDGE, BUT IT'S AN INTIMATE KNOWLEDGE, THAT I MAY KNOW HIM AND THE POWER OF HIS RESURRECTION. So the fellowship of Christ, when we became uh, saved, it was not the end, amen? But it's the beginning. Paul's experience, as with ours, with Christ, was so tremendous that it transformed his life. If you'll trust Christ, if you'll account and understand that according to the book, according to the key, your righteousness does not equal righteousness with God, but that putting faith in Christ will put righteousness with God. You will gain the knowledge of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, but you'll also gain the fellowship of Christ, and it will transform you. You'll, you'll be transformed from the inside out. You'll get the resurrection power of Christ into your heart and life. I mean, it's powerful, folks. I mean, I'm t- you know why I know that? Because I'm preaching to you today. AND IF GOD COULD SAVE SOMEBODY LIKE ME, AND IF GOD COULD USE SOMEBODY LIKE ME, HE CAN USE ANYONE. I'M TELLING YOU THAT RIGHT NOW. IF HE CAN KEEP SOMEBODY LIKE ME, AND IF HE CAN CONTINUE TO WORK THROUGH ME, AND IF HE CAN CONTINUE THE WORK THAT HE STARTED IN ME WHEN HE FIRST SAVED MY SOUL, IF HE CAN CONTINUE THAT WORK TILL THE DAY OF JESUS CHRIST FOR ME, HE CAN DO IT FOR ANYBODY. LET ME TELL YOU, ALL RIGHT, THE POWER, THE TRANSFORMATION, WHAT DO WE SEE? IT'S A PERSONAL EXPERIENCE that I may know him, that I may know him. It's a personal experience, but it's also a painful experience. What did he say? He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Listen, there's suffering in this life. There's suffering. There was much suffering for the Apostle Paul. And there's suffering in your life as well. But I want want you to know something. He says the fellowship of his sufferings. See, the fellowship of his sufferings may not sound like something that, that appeals to us all that much, but what we find out is that this painful experience is a privilege. It's a privilege to suffer for Christ. And don't forget the math. Romans 8, verse 18, For I reckon, the Apostle Paul says, I'm calculating, I'm doing the math, for I reckon that The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. If you're not careful, when you're suffering, that's all you're adding up is your physical and mental and emotional anguish. And man, that doesn't add up. But what we need to do is we need to add in that Christ is doing a work in us, that Christ is keeping an account. And he says the suffering that we're going through is going to work for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. He says that, that, that the suffering that you're experiencing right now, it's not even worthy to be compared. Again, math, it's not worthy to be compared. Which is greater than and which is less than? Man, the glory that, that awaits us, the glory that's going to be revealed in you is much greater than the suffering that you're going through. He said, man, you don't understand. I'm going through a lot of suffering. Well, you've got a lot of glory ahead of you. Amen? So uh, it's a personal experience, it's a painful experience, but it's also a practical experience, being made conformable unto his death. See, the, the Romans 6:11 says, "Likewise reckon, do the math. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, when Paul did the math, he realized that he gained much more than he lost. In fact, The gains were so thrilling that what does he say about those other things that he had gained? He said, man, I count them but as dung. No wonder he had joy. His life did not depend on the cheap things of the world, but the eternal values in Christ. See, some some of the things you may be holding on to today that you don't want to let go of, that you're counting so great and wonderful whether it's your sinful lifestyle, whether it's your dead religion and your status in some church somewhere. man, what you you're not fat, your, your math is wrong. I look at the key and I look at the book and I'm telling you it's not coming out right because if you factor in Christ, If you factor in what it is to know him, what it is to know the forgiveness of sins, what it is to have this relationship with him, have the grace of God in your life, you, like Paul, can say, man, this is just a bunch of junk. The things he valued so much, he realized was literal garbage. Literal dung, actually. And so, just like Paul... MAYBE YOU NEED TO EVALUATE SOME THINGS, AND I WANT TO CLOSE WITH AN ILLUSTRATION TONIGHT OUT OF THE GOSPEL OF LUKE, CHAPTER NUMBER 15, JUST ANOTHER EXAMPLE OF GOD DOING THE MATH, AND GOD TEACHING MATH TO A YOUNG MAN, GOD TEACHING MATH TO THE PRODIGAL SON IN LUKE CHAPTER NUMBER 15, AND I INVITE YOU TO TURN OVER THERE WITH ME if IF YOU WOULD. Uh, just in the way of closing, I think this is a good illustration of God's divine math. I heard uh, Brother Dana Williams preach a great message on this years ago. Uh, and in Luke 15, God takes him back to school for some very important lessons. Now, the prodigal son, if you, if you know the story, if you don't know the story, I'll, I'll try to give it to you briefly. There was a man that had two sons. The younger of the sons basically said, Father, give me my inheritance now. So, and what was in his heart is he wanted to leave home. He wanted to divide, split, and go away from home and get, go to a far country, and that's what he did. So, in this chapter, in verse 12 of Luke 15, we find division. And the, so, he divided, and then he added his inheritance. In verse 13 and 14, he went to a far country. He, he divided himself from the father he separated something there and then he went and he tried to add some things he added he tried to add some friends he tried to add some partying if you will uh, but what happened was while he was doing the ad well we'll get through this in a second he he was adding he he, he was added to a pig farmer AND BY THE WAY, THERE IS NOT A THING WRONG WITH BEING A PIG FARMER, AMEN, I TELL YOU THAT FOR SURE, THAT'S A VERY HONORABLE JOB, BUT THERE MIGHT BE SOMETHING WRONG WITH IT IF YOU'RE A FAITHFUL JEW, <laughs> LIKE THIS YOUNG MAN WAS, BECAUSE uh, PIGS ARE CONSIDERED UNCLEAN FOR THEM, SO IT WASN'T THE WORK, IT WAS THE ANIMAL uh, FOR THEM. BUT HE WAS ADDED TO A PIG FARMER, uh, BUT THEN WE'RE GOING TO SEE IN VERSE 17 YOU SEE MULTIPLICATION, he, LATER ON IN THE CHAPTER HE BEGINS TO THINK, HOW MANY, HOW MANY? See. God is not about, we learn in this chapter, we learn in the Bible that God's not about division. He wants to make things one. He he wants to make you and I one in Christ. He does not want man divided from himself. He wants man to be brought together with himself. He wants man to be brought together in unison into one. NOW, IF PEOPLE AREN'T WILLING TO DO THAT, OBVIOUSLY THAT'S WHERE THERE'S SOME DIVISION AND SEPARATION. DON'T MISUNDERSTAND ME. BUT THE WAY GOD'S WILL IS FOR PEOPLE TO BECOME ONE IN CHRIST, ONE IN TRUTH. SO GOD ISN'T ABOUT DIVISION. HE WANTS US, HE DOES NOT WANT US TO BE DIVIDED FROM HIM OR EACH OTHER. MAN, NOW YOU THINK ABOUT THIS. JUST LIKE THIS PRODIGAL SON, MAN SEPARATES HIMSELF FROM HIS MAKER. And we understand that the prodigal son understood that because on down there he says, I have sinned against heaven and against God. He he understands that what man does is man separates himself from his maker, he separated physically, this, this man did, he separated spiritually, he separated mentally. See, our country is divided from God in religion, in education in, in education, in the economy. You just go right down the line in morality. But they don't just stick with dividing because what happens is when we divide, man starts adding. He tried to add friends. He tried to add, according to his older brother's accusation, he tried to add loose women to the equation. He was trying to add. See, because when you divide away from God, you begin to miss something, just like in our country, missing something. So they add all these other things. But all the time we're adding, we're not gaining. And that's what happened with this man. Slowly but surely, he was trying to add, but while he was adding, God was subtracting. God was subtracting. No matter what he did, because he realized that no matter what he did, God has a way. God knows how to subtract. Now, when you get on down to the chapter, you'll find out that this man, it gets to a place to where he comes to himself, the Bible says in verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many? See, he came to himself. How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? He started thinking, and this is where God wants to get you and me. He started thinking about multiplication. God doesn't want you to divide from Him, from His people, from His Word. He doesn't want you just simply trying to add a few things here and there. He doesn't want you subtracting the good things in your life. Man, but He wants to multiply. And that's what He says, man, He came to Himself. He came to Himself. See, God wants to teach you multiplication. See, he came to himself. He started thinking to himself. And I love where the Bible says there that he came to himself. So in verse 17, there's two people. Did you know that? There's the prodigal son, then there's the prodigal son. Now, I know really there's just one person. But you know, there's a good point to be made here. I'm sure everything he was thinking to himself here had been probably told him by the Father. You know, we try to tell people stuff all the time. But until they come to themselves and they start having this conversation with themselves like this man did, that's when business starts to pick up. That's when good things can start to happen. See, he starts to think to himself, why am I living in division? Why am I futilely trying to add? When God, when at the Father's house, there's multiplication. There's bread enough and to spare there. He's broke, he's busted, he's feeding the swine, and he comes to himself and he says, what are you doing here? See, he started doing the math. He began to do the math in his head. Don't you remember what it was like in daddy's house? Don't you remember how good it was there? Man, there was was plenty and there was leftover. There was plenty. There was not just a little bit. He started doing the math. Now, listen, I don't know how far the far country was from the father's house, but did you know that his way back to the father was shorter than his way away from the father? You want to know why? Because when you read in this chapter, you'll find out that the father multiplied his steps toward his son. Amen? This man had made a division. He said, I'm going my own way. He tried to add things, but he just kept coming up empty. The the reason why was God was trying to get him to a place in his life to where he would get back where he needed to be, get back to where God could bless him. And I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do with you. You may be experiencing a lot of subtraction. Could it be because you've divided from God and the things of God? Could it be because you've tried to add things that God wouldn't have you to add? Listen, God's trying to get you to a place where you will come to yourself and come to the Father. The Bible says, Draw nigh to God, and He'll draw nigh to you. I'm glad that the Father saw this boy coming afar uh, off, and the Bible says He ran to meet him. And I'm telling you, there's a God that wants to run to meet you today. That's right. I like this, amen. See, when you start looking for Him, you'll find out that He's been looking for you. Zacchaeus, man, he thought, I'm going to climb up in that tree because I want to get a look at Jesus. But when Jesus walked by, what did he do? He looked up in that tree. Why? Because Zacchaeus thought he was looking for Jesus, but really, Jesus was looking for him. Amen? And so what you'll find out is when when, when you start looking, you'll find out he's been looking for you. When you start listening for him, you'll find out he's already been listening for you. See, (laughs) When I started toward him, I found out that he had started moving in my direction a long time ago because that's how our God works. And that's true whether you're not saved and you need to get saved. It's true if if you've gotten away from the Lord and you need to get closer to the Lord, man, I'm telling you, he will draw nigh to you, amen. And so, uh, listen, our God, another cool thing is our God never runs out. And this is the last thought on this multiplication. Whether it's salvation, listen, God's able to multiply. God doesn't just have a limited amount of uh, forgiveness. He's got forgiveness for all. You think about it. When there comes to be an inheritance and people start dividing, people start giving people stuff, what happens? It's divided up. If somebody has a million dollars, they're going to divide that money up. But did you know with, with God that's not the way it works? See, God never runs out, so He does not divide his, what He has, His riches. He doesn't divide that among His children. We all get it all. Why? Because He's God, amen? And divine mathematics means He's a multiplying God. See, the question this evening is this. How do you figure? How do you do the math? Are you doing it God's way, or are you doing it your own way? God's left us a key. He's left us a book. Get in there, learn what the answers are. Because I'm telling you this today, if you're not, if you're out there today and you don't know Christ, maybe you're still holding on to your religion. You're counting that as something. You need to look and see what God counts it for. The Bible says that all of our righteousnesses is as filthy rags. The very best we can do is not enough. But and that's why. GOD SENT HIS VERY BEST AND GAVE US HIS VERY BEST SO THAT WE COULD BE SAVED BECAUSE THAT'S THE ONLY WAY. LET GOD PUT HIS RIGHTEOUSNESS ON YOUR ACCOUNT IF YOU'RE NOT SAVED. IF YOU ARE A SAVED CHILD OF GOD, MAN, LISTEN, MAKE SURE YOU'RE NOT DIVIDING AWAY FROM HIM. MAKE SURE YOU'RE NOT TRYING TO ADD THINGS THAT HE WOULDN'T HAVE YOU TO ADD BECAUSE WHAT YOU'RE GONNA FIND OUT HE'S GONNA KEEP ON SUBTRACTING I MEAN, LISTEN, GOD WANTS YOU TO to GET YOU TO A PLACE WHERE HE CAN JUST MULTIPLY THE BLESSINGS IN YOUR LIFE, AMEN. HE WANTS TO BE, HE WANTS TO BE ABLE TO PICK OVER THE FRAGMENTS THAT ARE LEFT OVER AND SHARE THEM WITH SOMEONE ELSE AFTER YOU'RE ALREADY FULL, OKAY? AND SO THAT'S A LITTLE THOUGHT THIS EVENING ON uh, MAKING LIFE ADD UP. IT WILL ADD UP IF YOU GET THE DIVINE GOD INTO IT. IT'LL ADD UP IF YOU LEARN THE RIGHT MATH, AMEN. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Please dig into these lessons a little bit more, and uh, we'll look forward to joining you once again on Sunday morning at 11. God bless you.